0: Here we go. SonicState.com. SonicState.com. SonicState. Right, this is obviously not So. Ta <laughs> da! Wow, what about that then, folks? That is, in fact, um, our new intro animation, which can only mean one thing. It's Sonic Talk, number 386, but also we're going to have a new theme tune competition, which we'll be running shortly. Details on how to follow. In fact, if you're watching the live stream, um, there is an entry form below where you can download that video and get on with it. And uh, there are going to be prizes galore from Isotope. so, um, yes... Uh, In the meantime, I want to say thank you very much to everybody for joining us. Also, this show is sponsored by Isotope. We've got a competition entry um, result for Iris 2. But not only that, if you're watching this on YouTube and you're wondering what the heck's going on, this is a live stream. This is a recording of the live stream. We stream every week, Wednesday, 4 p.m. UK time. We have a live stream and a live chat room. So if you want to get involved and join the uh, large community that's hanging out in uh, in the chat room, I usually say fulsome. I'm just saying large community this week, Um, then please do. this is also available uh, as an MP3 download uh, via iTunes. Just check out Sonic Talk. So that's it for um, introductions, uh, certainly at this point. So now we'll go to who we got here. So I have somebody in the studio. Look look who's that? It's Dave Spears. I can prove he's here because I'll put my hand in the shot. Dave Spears, GeForceSoftware.com. It's uh, a rubber ha-
1: hand, isn't
0: it? I've had to give him a sort of uh, proxy synth cave. Nice. It's
2: good, isn't it? I can speed it up and slow it down. That's I right. Like these <laughs> flashing lights.
0: Yeah, well, we've got the uh, UTOP lights, haven't we? Dave Spears here to uh, going film something on the Oddity 2, right?
2: Yeah, tomorrow.
0: Excellent. I know how you are, Dave, because you've been here for a while, so I can yeah, ask annoying, you... annoying, ever, yeah. How, uh, everybody else might want to know how you are. <laughs> uh, I'm all right, yeah. Good, glad to Just have all up. the days, this is one of them. <laughs> Excellent. One of the comments last week, does Dave Spears ever smile? I don't know, what do you reckon? There we are, there's nearly one there.
2: <laughs> anyway, I try really
0: hard not to yeah, The well, Alan I, Sugar of,
2: well, without the money
0: <laughs> Okay Dave, well thanks for joining us And uh, we've also got, uh, we've got another double up team What's going on? It's all gone crazy We've got Gaz Williams and Robbie Bronneman In a kind of uh, mutual lower third action at Robot Studios Hello Robbie Broniman, uh producer, engineer, no, not producer... Composer, MD for Howard Jones, and also host to Gaz Williams, who is a professional bass player and a producer too. What have you been doing there? You're looking guilty, you two. <laughs> uh,
3: Robbie's just played me, can not we? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he's just played me his, uh, his surround sound mix of the new Howard Jones album, uh, which was remarkable, really remarkable, with fantastic accompanying visuals as well. But the surround sound... it, it you know you've not gone shy on it have you no (laughs)
4: no.
3: so it's quite uh it's you know it really does give you the full the
4: full wraparound oh
0: cool so when's that available robbie
4: um it's coming out in in february Ah. it's coming out interactive interactive book and cd and dvd and everything yeah but i think we're going to make the i think the film's going to be available with the surround mix on itunes as well i think I'm not sure how that works, but apparently you can do that. You can get a downloadable surround mix.
0: Ah, so how, did you mix that in Logic then, or is that were you mixing in Logic? In...
4: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. In Logi,
0: yeah. So, you, yeah. are you using those fancy um, joystick pan channels then?
4: Well, I've been using I've been using Air Display on my on my iPad, and then I've been dro- and then I've just been putting the surround panners down from Logic onto the Air iPad and using a stylus.
0: Ah, okay. And one at a yeah. time then.
4: No you could i could have I could have two or three on there if I wanted to, but yeah, generally
0: oh right, interesting. that does sound good. I've not used air display on the ipad I, I i did try I did have it installed for a little while, but then it it just kept crashing my video card. There was all sorts of nonsense going on
4: but no, it's perfectly it's the first time i've ever I suddenly thought, hang on a minute, I've got this program, surely I can use it for that, and lo and behold, I could.
0: Excellent. I'm glad to hear that. Well, thank you for joining us, both of you. And also, uh, we have Mr. Mark Tinley, who's a creative thinker and sound artist wow. over there in the south of England.
1: Can I hear you? Oh, yeah. I, I seem to remember that when I tried to do the joystick thing in Logic, I tried to map it to the X Y pad on my v-synth because i thought that would be a clever thing to do i could just put my finger on the xy pad and they're completely incompatible because xy and radial versus angle are totally different things and then i tried to do some clever maths to oh dear to uh, recalculate one to the other one and the uh, moment had passed well, Cannot work. It's, it's Can very, works. very 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 it's a complex mathematical algorithm to convert one to the other one it can be done but it's beyond my brain it can be done but
0: only if you've got the time and the um
1: the the inclination that's right so i've spent my yeah i was gonna say i've spent my whole day importing things from logic 3.5 into logic that's going back which means that i have to have about three different versions of logic on my computer to sort of you know load it into one save it back out load it into another and save it back out and then at the end of it I have to save it again so I've got sort of four versions of every song on my computer at the moment but um, are you pr- a, what are you do- what
0: are you doing thing. are you printing the uh the plugins you no longer have on your current system to audio
1: I just don't have them so i'm I'm creating new environments and looking at all the unlabeled things and thinking <laughs> what on earth is that <laughs> and the best place to start with everything is to put it Put the MIDI on a piano and just see what it's doing, and then you can sort of kind of guess if it's drums because they're yeah. usually mapped to some something sensible, or um, or if it's something else. so uh, no, I've got to dig around in my memory and try and work out what I was doing. But wow, uh, that yeah. sounds challenging. No, I've, I've done. What, I mean, I basically I've decided any file on my computer that's unfinished and more than ten years old needs to be deleted. So actually. I've got to load them all up now and go, oh, what is this? Was this finished? What, uh, I mean, my worst trait as a programmer is that I don't label anything. Now you're paying. fine if you're working on an album for a couple of years and you know where everything is and you know what it all is and only you're working with it. But if you give it to somebody else, it's a nightmare for them. And ten years later, I'm that other person. I'm not the same person I was ten years ago. And you know my memory of what I was doing then. Obviously, it's kind of it's in it's the <laughs> rooty the grey matter. So well, it sounds I,
0: like something for for the cold winter nights to to uh, keep you keep you occupied. Um, yeah,
1: I really just delete them and just have done with it and go. You know what? I, I don't know what they are anymore. Delete, throw away. But I have this kind of egotistical vision that I might have created a gem at some point in my life, and you need I to you need eat. to check. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Hey, one I day that. I'll be massively famous and everyone will go, we want his back catalogue and it will be worth 50p or
0: something. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, that's a good <laughs> point. All valid points, I would say. Still, um, let's move on. Let's get on with our, uh, our, 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 well, actually, the first thing that you saw there, I, I don't know if I, I, I just want to play, did I say that we've got a new intro? This is a new intro. This was made by uh, Sonic State viewer Stephen Blacker, StephenBlacker.com who is a professional motion graphics uh, person, as you can probably tell by the quality of this, and uh, he's made us a new intro, so we have a theme tune competition coming, as I've already said, but I wanted to say it again and have an excuse to play it, so there it is. Right, but first of all, let's get into stuck in some topics. And If any of these videos will actually play, I, I think that's what I was hoping for. Ah, there we go. That is uh, four micro brutes linked oh, together. I, I won't play it all, but for, for, via the Expert Sleeper's um, uh, ES4 or one of the, the, the Expert Sleeper's Silent Way interfaces, but also hooked up uh, using the uh, ESX8MD, which is a, a MIDI output for the Silent Way. So it's a really cool way. In fact, if you've seen, I did a review of Silent Way some time back where you can create polyphonic synthesizers from lots of disparate monosynths. And I just thought, wow, that's. Re- I mean. It, okay it wasn't the most amazing sounding thing but it's quite interesting that you know he's basically made himself a polysynth out of what four 200 quid synths but the whole notion of polyphonic synthesizers being um how they've become so easy to use and you don't have to you have to sort of put the functionality of randomness back into them to make them sound more analogue whereas before you know i know dave you probably know this because you've uh, you've got a, an eight voice uh, Oberheim eight voice and you have to actually tinker each each voice and get them kind of Sounding roughly the same. It's an interesting idea. Do you think we're going to see an affordable analogue polysynth along
2: these lines at some point? I don't know, it'd be interesting. <clears throat> this just reminded me of it's kind of weird, it was like a sort of time warp thing for me because back in about 1978, I remember getting several wasps and hooking them up with a five pin DIN and being able to play them polyphonically. I think it was a Caterpillar keyboard. And this is <laughs> how, well, we 40 yeah. odd years later. Wow. We're still doing the same stuff, but in a different way. It's kind of weird. Uh, no, but it'll, uh, yeah, it would be nice to see something like that. Because I love the fact that each of the SEMs on the eight voices, obviously, you can't set them up identically. I mean, we could, but it would. life's too short. You know, the fun thing is setting them up all kind of separately and with slight variations and stuff like that. Uh, and then playing it But I mean, I love playing it back from using the unison mode so that each one triggers from a single note i love that but uh yeah interesting
0: i think there could be a uh, mileage in that i mean oh, robbie you've got a lot of modular kits there. do you ever set them up polyphonically and think right i'm gonna create or do you not bother i mean it's the sort of thing that creates it will create a very unique sound but it's is it along the same lines as taking a week to make a hi-hat sound really
4: no
1: i find, um,
4: i must admit it made me think about doing that because i've got I've got five oscillators, all randomly different, totally, like wavetable ones and, you know, true analogue ones and West Coast and all that business, all the different ones. So it would be quite fun to do that. I I, I might give that a go. I've got an expert sleeper, so... um, I, I might, might give that a go as my next experiment.
0: It's a good idea. I mean, I think that there's um, there's also the ability. I mean, the thing, the the thing about that, if you could map them so that you know, like the lower, the, the lowest note in the chord was always one voice, so you could end up, you know, creating a specific voicing destinations. So you know, the the one, three, and five of, of a chord would always be the same three, same three voices, but all slightly different. I mean, all those sort of things are things that could be quite interesting.
2: Mm-hmm. Yes, <laughs> uh, wow! Well, I could tell this has got I legs. This topic, in, yeah. I saw a look yep. in that world anyway with the with the eight voice because only you got one through. Yeah, only you've got one. Yeah. Well, that's a good thing.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I suppose <laughs> the, uh,
2: the, so the, exactly the
3: whole thing with the whole thing with chords, I think, is uh, is quite interesting. As we mentioned over the last, past few weeks with uh, the Machine Two Point Two having like chord mode Cubase 8 has got these this new chord has got some new chord facilities um in fact the new Cubase 8 chords now this is going to tie into the polyphonic analogue thing now um is very very interesting it's much more interesting than I initially thought because of the adaptive voicing so you can have chords preset chords and as you go between the chords the inversions change depending on which chord has just followed it so rather than them being like fixed blocks yeah Blocks, they're always changing, so the inversion feels like um musically interesting. So I was kind of thinking, wow, all this chord stuff, both as as I say, machine, and of course you can do this kind of stuff in Ableton as well. It, it really got me thinking about just how how much um anal- you know, polyphonic analogue is just the next thing to happen, you know, again. <laughs> yeah, but, You know... Um, I know what you mean. Next year, next year is going to be polyphonic bonkers, I reckon. That's your,
0: that's your nan prediction. I know, um, Mark, the whole notion of being able to maybe take a MIDI track and route individual voices to instances of the same synth that are ever so slightly different. There's got to be a kind of... The soft, there must be a software, a viable software way of doing this. I mean, maybe Dave can chip in in a bit as well. Well, but...
1: I thought... Well, I thought... I really thought Gareth was going to mention midi guitars or midi basses. I suppose Because so. in a sense, as a controller, I have a multi-midi channel controller at my disposal whenever I pick up my midi guitar, because all the strings are on different midi channels. So in if I had six of those synths, I wouldn't have to do all that complex routing stuff. I could plug my guitar straight into those six synths with each of them on a different midi channel and tell it, uh, uh, choose the same preset for each synth and then play it from the guitar and i would have that uh, uh, t- for the midi guitar to work although i need a poly synth i also need that synth to be able to respond with each voice on a different midi channel to make it work so it's sort of i see what you um, mean pitch bend range and all that it's not yeah. i mean i wouldn't i can't play the keyboard well enough to make that interesting but i can but from the guitar it's it's yeah, I see what you saying. Yeah. I think I, do, people, I, th- since, since. I, I think what's uh, um,
0: uh, uh, a slight misunderstanding. I mean, obviously, we have had you know reasonably affordable analog polys, but I, I'm thinking of taking the approach of the analog poly as multiple Modular. separate voices. So you right. you, you know, yeah. so effectively, I mean, you could create you uh, say, for instance, you could maybe there was an, a firmware update that would happen, say, with a Profit 8 or whatever, that you could basically just go copy this to four voices and then make. Each of those voices very slightly different, so that when I play a chord, there is a lot more movement that's happening that I don't program in just via
1: LFO. There's an element of randomness that comes into it.
3: Yeah, the Arturia Sam has gonna... got that function, hasn't it, though? I don't you? know, has it? Yeah. You so can send
1: SysX can... from one machine to another machine, couldn't you? I suppose. Yep. So you could uh, you could make one machine the master and have the SysX feed out to all the other machines. I suppose um, that's true.
0: If that... if if, if... If they support it, I think it, yes. But it's entirely possible. Most of them are controller-driven now, aren't they? Rather than uh, SysEx, am I right, Dave? I think most 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 of software synthesizers, most synth they don't they don't have the same system exclusive kind of dumps. It's all done by a sort of snapshots of uh, controllers. In fact, yeah. there was wasn't there since recently that you hit go and it just squirts out all of the controllers as a patch memory. What was it? It's something I reviewed, which I can't remember since now. <laughs> we had that on the <laughs> Fatboy million years ago. It's like right, oh. there's your snapshot button. Right, wasn't it,
4: who? wasn't it the slim fatty the um, sub
0: fatty it might have been I, c- I can't remember it might have been one of those an no. interesting idea but I mean in software Dave I mean there must be a, uh, no I mean because effectively you're creating micro instances of voices
2: within the same instrument would that be the challenge uh, yeah I mean it's funny actually it was Mark saying about the MIDI guitar thing on the not in Posca 2 but on in Posca, we had a MIDI guitar mode so it was six separates so you'd set the pitch bend range to plus 12 and then you could get those kind of slides and trills and stuff like yeah that. and i think in the entire time that was out we probably had feedback from maybe three people <laughs> who used that <laughs> so when it came to like imp2 it was like uh, you know what because i mean it was a hell of a schlep to make it happen so
1: yeah I'm okay quite i think sure i but I've have only just got back into MIDI guitar. I've not had one for a while, so and it's just as easy to set it, set up six instances of it on six different MIDI on six different instrument tracks in software. Obviously, I suppose so. Yeah. So it's not it's not impossible to create your own separation or your own. Channel I suppose the, I suppose the trick is is then, to sorry, go. What, what gets interesting is to put different instruments on different strings, and then you can you've got your pad on the deepest string, which you're always going to play, and then different melody instruments. And, I mean, my favourite thing on guitars is to is to turn all my octaves upside down. So on the Line 6 Variax guitar, you can transpose individual strings. So I ultimately transpose them an octave up or an octave down. Then when you play lead guitar solos... It makes you sound really acrobatic, yeah. Done, jumps. Up and down octaves, and you're just going like, "Whoa, what's this?" And then you play a chord, and it just sounds like a normal guitar chord. And then, it's oh, that's kind interesting. Of, you know. Yeah, oh, that's really a, good fun. I think there's still probably
0: still quite a lot of things that can be done with just clever manipulation of MIDI data and the way that it's it, it's then processed and sent on. I mean, there's you know it's amazing that this this ancient technology is still so flexible. But um, yeah, if you want to check out Expert Sleeper stuff, I think we've got the web page up here. Uh, uh, their their interfaces. Did, did you say, um, Robbie? You use the the um, Expert Sleeper stuff to? Well,
4: I say I, I've got an ES4, which you know you drive from the from an SP Diff output. On your on your on your interface, but I just changed my whole studio over to the UAD the Apollo stuff, and um, I just I just realised yesterday, much to my great disappointment, is um, I had the Apogee Symphony in it here before, and it had a proper true matrix routing system. Anything could be routed to anywhere else, but unfortunately, the UAD Apollo doesn't, and um, the console software is hardwired to the main stereo out or the SPDIF if you mirror it. Right. So I'm having to use an SP diff to AES converter to go to my air stereo speakers and therefore my SP diff has now been used up.
0: Ah, can't you aggregate another <laughs> interface in there possibly and just with an SP diff?
4: Probably could, or I might just get another interface. <laughs> 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 Easier. Fair yeah. enough. Yeah. Still,
0: um yeah, interesting interesting times. Um next one. Have we got another uh what time is it? I suppose we could... Yeah, well, we'll do another topic before we go anywhere else. I'm pressing play on this video. My system's very sluggish today. I'm not quite sure. That's probably because Dave's here. It's the... There we are. This is... uh, We've done this before. This is um, the Puck, which is the wireless MIDI. Looks like a Puck, basically. And it connects ad hoc Wi-Fi to your uh, iPad or other device and creates a MIDI output. But it also now has an input, I believe. Or maybe it was the other way around. I can't remember now. But they've added a, a, a new uh, functionality to it. It's about 127 bucks, and it's not so much the you know the, the, the news that the part because we have covered it before. But it was just the sort of whole notion of wireless studio. It seems to be so, so far away still, but um, surely, I mean, Robbie, I know you like things neat and tidy. Surely this must be something that you you dream about, is it not? Wireless studio.
4: You know, we use live. We use this thing by a company called Panda Audio. And it's called the MIDI beam. It's a little box about the size of a matchbox with a USB connection. And it, and it does wireless MIDI. And we use it with Howard's KX5s. And, and the company claimed to us that you can run over 200 of these devices in close proximity. Um, and they all find their own channel. But um, I don't think anyone's got 200 of them to try <laughs> um, for a start. But, I mean, I don't know. It just seems scary because sometimes even those things are prone, particularly uh, certainly in gigs, sometimes things freak them out so that the idea of of dedicating something like that to every single instrument just seems like you say a long way away from being being practical
3: yeah i suppose what's those like the puck there's another bluetooth midi thing where they look like they're the midi ports and then there's a little wire between the two and you just literally plug it in the back of your midi in and out
0: oh i don't know uh, and
3: it looks really neat. Um, similar, similar kind of thing. Um, gosh, sorry, I should. have been un, Yeah, now you've undone MIDI Jet Pro. <laughs> no, uh,
0: uh, look I,
3: like, and, and they take the power from MIDI. So I guess I know some MIDI devices don't output it power.
0: Nope, it's not no, Kenton. Oh, that was a bit more pro, wasn't it?
3: Yeah, I'll try and uh, think what it is. But um, but of course, uh, iOS eight. If you're on those devices and ah, are... is it
0: is it Widdy by any chance? Could be. Let me see, I've got one here. Widdy. Uh oh I'm trying to um get it into my There we go. What, what about that? Is is that it? <laughs> nope No. Okay. Nope. <laughs> I'll, I'll, <laughs> have, I'll have
3: a look for it. I'll try and find out what it is. <laughs> um but Yosemite, the new OS X platform, has Bluetooth MIDI sort of built in at operating level doesn't it i think um or i'm not entirely sure how how it's implemented but um an ios 8 in fact uh, um korg's module uh, on the ipad when you go into the settings the first switch that you've got is bluetooth midi you know which so that's the first that's the first product that i've seen which has because that's an ios 8 only I, app i,
0: I just and don't the- trust you bluetooth for anything
4: though that's my, yeah, my mouse my... doesn't work with that most of the
3: time. Yeah, <laughs> in fact,
0: all my Bluetooth devices have broken here. I'm using. I've got. I now I've got a mouse attached to my, um, to my to my computer because the what the magic trackpad doesn't work yeah Yeah, because the magic trackpad just stopped working wouldn't connect anymore and screwed everything up so i don't know
3: so wait i I mean but the bluetooth 4 le or something is it is that i mean is that because that's a more recent iteration of bluetooth is that going to be a bit more robust you think than perhaps older devices so they tell us
0: yeah but i don't know whether (laughs) that's the case or not i know dave you fancy a wireless studio
2: yeah, wireless modular patch cables. I fancy.
1: Yeah, wow. one, I <laughs> Hundreds of them. Yeah, that would yeah. be awesome. I wonder Invisible
2: how one... wireless. <laughs>
0: Thought controlled. <laughs> so you could just kind of go
2: and make a kind of massive patch. Not, You're not a minority lot... report. It's like Emperor's New Clothes, isn't it? Yeah, I suppose it is a I've little got bit. My new wireless MIDI modular patch cables. <laughs> yeah, does everything and stereo. <laughs> <laughs> excellent why
0: not um anyway I, that, uh, you can check Puck. it's called uh mypuck dot com check it out hundred twenty nine
3: bucks each which oh be Nick, nice the, pair. oh m i point one um uh, uh, i don't i think you'll yeah. be able to see yeah, that just about them m i point one and you well, can see. see they're like midi they're like they just go directly into the midi in and out, and they've got the antenna that links them together.
0: Mi point one. Let's see if I can find a
3: yeah. Mi point one oh. Wireless Wireless MIDI. Was mm. um, oh, that
0: an Indiegogo? Looks it like may have been. they it raised thirty five thousand dollars.
3: Yeah, it looks so neat. It looks neater than the pup because it just sticks straight into your keyboard, and it takes its power from the MIDI. So once it's there, it's almost like you just thirty five.
4: Well, got MIDI out.
0: Hmm. what if any... <laughs> uh,
4: Yeah I don't know then you screwed
0: up Yeah okay
4: like on the on the microbrew what do you do then I'm not sure. You plug it into something else.
0: (laughs) All right, let's move on. Um, I think it's probably now time to uh, introduce a note from our sponsors. Remember, uh, Isotope are sponsoring the show, and uh, if you were listening last week, there was uh, Iris 2 to give away, and uh, we've also got to announce another competition. Well, two competitions this week. So if I just play this, you can see just how fabulous Iris 2 is. Iris 2, of course, the latest iteration of the... Spectral filtering sample based synthesizer it comes with 11 gigabytes of sample library. You can get started quickly with hundreds of exciting new patches. All of the packs are now included. Intuitive spectral selection tools isolate specific audio frequencies within a sample and play them back. They've got multi mode master filter, a flexible new modulation system. This is really cool with over 100 modulatable parameters. You can do one to many, many to one, you know, all sorts of ways of ruining up. It. it really does increase the synthesis capabilities. Uh, LFO morph visualise shape changes with a real-time animation five LFOs five envelopes macro controls as well oh that's a monster that's just one of the patches very nice uh, visualisations you can see the effects and modulations in real-time for every modulated parameter you can see them moving around really really cool uh, intelligent zero crossing loop sample selection so you can easily just chuck your own samples in there iris 2 available now uh, download of 10 day free trial iris uh, isotope.com forward slash iris and of course um we're giving away two, well, two copies if you count this week. Uh, So let me see. Um, Last week we asked you to uh, tweet uh, the hashtag. um, Let me see what it was. I'm trying to remember now. Uh, Build your own synth. That's right. And we do have a winner this week. Uh, This uh, is a Twitter uh, user at Matt Denaris, uh, and he said, uh, "My weekly detox is Sonic ga- Sonic Talk, Gaz never fails to make my day." Ooh, uh, there you go, Gaz. You get a name check in the winning tweet. How about that? Awesome Yay! stuff! Hooray. <laughs> so, um, now we're so uh, actually hold on. So he needs to uh, contact me, uh, and the Isotope Fairy will then um, deposit Iris two in your email inbox. So that's winner Den iris uh at matt denaris is the twitter handle and if you want to enter this week so that's last week's competition this week's competition giving away another copy of iris 2 and to win that you need to be on twitter as i've said before basically if you tweet this you're entered in the competition. But do please add uh, an additional comment. Uh, the hashtag this week's competition is 11 gigabytes of samples, because that's what it comes with. That's all of the packs that you used to be buying separately. It all come now with Iris 2. So if you send that, plus a little comment to at Sonic and at Isotope Inc., then you will be entered for the competition all good stuff so uh, congratulations and thank you very much to everybody uh for last week's entry and good luck with this week's entry and of course um we've also got the new added frisson of an extra competition which is uh our theme tune now those of you who've been watching for a long time will know that uh, our last winner was a guy called misty moo he's in fact kent spong who is a synthesizer repairman i think well more than that but you know he he created the uh, the classic choral sonicstate.com which i will uh You'll be able to hear if you listen to last week's show quite easily. So now what we have is if you're watching the show, if you scroll down, there is a competition entry form and a link to the video. And the video is this, which, uh, as I said, it doesn't actually have if I press play, it'll probably come in. It's very slow, my playback system today. So I have got to press it a number of times or maybe it won't play at all. Yeah, there we go. So you'll be able to download this video, which has no audio on it. It's about 17 seconds long. I've tried to uh, make it so that it's cut to a particular tempo. I don't know what the tempo is. You'll have to work that one out. And you can enter that uh, once you've submitted your entry. Basically, what you do is either upload it to YouTube and send us the link, or Vimeo and send us the link, or maybe SoundCloud if you just want to do the audio. But there is the op- opportunity for you to uh, download. In fact, I could probably go to these. Oh, no, I better not, because it'll start playing back. Um... The competition form allows you to upload uh, up to five megabyte samples, which will then go into our uh, competition entry, and you will be judged. You will be judged by our panel of distinguished judges, and uh, we'll decide uh, on the winner. The winner will have the the pleasure of being the intro of the sonic talk show for until we do another one but also iris uh, isotope are going to be giving them a big prize too now that that prize is going to be let me see what did they say it was going to be it's going to be i've got it scroll down here for this that's right it's a, it's a creative bundle which includes iris 2 break tweaker expanded trash with expansions and also stutter edit so if you win you not only get to be you know in at the front of the show and name check to what have you, but you also win all of that stuff too. And I want to thank, really, really thank Stephen Blacker, who is the guy who did the animation, did a fantastic job. I mean you know when people say, Oh yeah, I could do that. And also there were several other people who's who who offered as well. Steven got in first and I felt it was only fair to to see what he was going to do and it and it turned out to be pretty fantastic. So Blacker dot com, there's his motion graphics uh show reel. Uh, so, if you want to check out what he does, or you need any motion graphics, and go to it. I mean, obviously, it's. A... So, I want to say thank you very much to
2: Stephen, who's been very accommodating. So, can I just say something very quickly? Yes. So, the old Sonic State theme tune is gone, yeah. And today no. is Kent's birthday. Oh <laughs> So, happy birthday, Kent! You've just been <laughs> ceremoniously booted off of well, Sonic State. Well, he had a good run.
0: Oh. no seriously
2: Kent happy birthday
0: oh that's very yes well, he's a nice guy very much
1: thank him for that theme tune and
0: yes and team do team thank him better. very much um, so uh, yes I, I'm not sure how long it's going to run yet I, I was t- thinking about this before the show because I, I did have to quite hurriedly put this together because I thought we've only got one more show before Christmas then there's going to be a couple of weeks break because uh, Christmas Eve and New Year's fall on a Wednesday so, uh, it's probably going to be, probably be before Nam, but if we haven't, you know, if people still need more time, we might extend it till after Nam. So just stay tuned for that. But, you know, you can enter as many times as you like, obviously, you know, legally don't submit any samples we can get busted for. And by submitting, you're saying, yes, it's okay for you to use my music as the sonic talk theme to you. I'm not going to get into writing horrible highness terms and conditions, but, That's the sort of gist of it, right? So, go for it. So, the competition entry details you find at sonicstate.com forward slash live, where you can watch this show every week. At the bottom of the page, there is an entry form there and a a link to download uh, the MP4 to work to. So, good luck, everybody, and um, And, go to it.
3: And the standard last competition...
0: Oh, jeez, it was so difficult, wasn't it?
3: Amazing. We had a really difficult job, didn't we? Because there was just so many great quality entries. So that sets this hopefully sets the standard for the new competition or rather to surpass that absolutely
0: well i mean you yeah, know we might get just i guess they not inconceivable we might get the same entries resubmitted, which would be fine because <laughs> they're all so mine. bloody good <laughs> i'm
2: gonna resubmit
0: mine <laughs> gonna resubmit yes oh
1: yeah you, <laughs> times
0: <laughs> you, multiple multiple entries are acceptable it's absolutely fine if you want to i mean like I'll i said i probably seven.
1: have to convert mine from some bizarre logic format that i don't have the plugins for anymore
0: <laughs> Excellent, but yes, go crazy and enjoy yourselves, anyway. Um, let's get on to uh, oh, yeah, this one came from um, Vygaz. This is just mental. Now, this isn't, I'm not playing the whole video, but see if you can guess what this is. This is an example of said phenomenon. Okay, you might think that's pretty dense, but wait. Just hang on there a minute. Here it comes. There's just more and more. I think there's a section in it, a couple of minutes on. This is this is apparently a sort of adaptation of the theme from Super Mario Bros. 2. There it goes. Yeah! Wow. This is what's known as Black MIDI. Not Black Friday, Black MIDI. It's, uh, it's, it's this sort of challenge to create a, such a dense MIDI pattern that... You can't see any space between the notes, so therefore, you know, if you're watch, if you're looking in monochrome, it would just be a black screen, and it's a really bizarre phenomenon that sort of um, seems to have come out um, mainly seems to have come out of Japan. It's sort of people Not have been surprised. M- making surprised. making music for uh, for video games, and this sort of notion that you can kind of create. It's it's, it's basically. Um, it's trying to create as dense if we if i I scroll to that i've got a wikipedia entry here these are the sort of patterns so you uh, sometimes you might even make the notation look in certain ways just to sort of for aesthetic kind of point of view it's and there are loads of examples of this it's really interesting gaz you spotted this one what was it that sort of piqued your interest mostly
3: Uh, well a friend of mine called frank uh, sent me a link through saying have you seen this which i hadn't and uh, you know, it, it is one of these bonkers things, and you know, people trying to outdo each other by you know how many million MIDI notes that you know in the millions of MIDI notes within a few minutes, um, and like how many you know, and 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 the th- I think the standard uh, seems to be to display the keyboard, the whole 128 <laughs> um, available MIDI notes, and to try and get as many of them in, both in terms of uh you know uh in octave ranges but also really tiny tiny notes really you know uh yeah. what is the smallest a midi note oh, Com- 128th?
2: depends what the resolution of the sequencer is isn't it right right yeah.
0: what's the well uh, the theoretical what's the theoretical 384 ppqn was what something i remember yeah. so yeah. that would yeah. be 399 300 bpm so uh, so if you did um so 340 possible note events in a quarter note. So if you speed that up to a high tempo, that's a pretty dense amount of MIDI you yeah, could get. I th- I th- isn't
1: it three hundred and eighty four? But it's three hundred and eighty four times four, isn't it? Yeah. Per bar. <coughs> Multiplied by nine hundred and ninety nine BPM. Yeah, let's go. That sounds pretty
3: it's promising. Not, it, it, you <laughs> soon <laughs> not. There's some funny. There's some funny. There's some funny things within Black MIDI as well, though. That when it's maxing your computer out and just, just you know, everyone's like, "Yay!" You know, great. Sort of. Uh, <laughs> that, that, that those bits are
4: kind of. You um, it. It. It's like overclockers, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. People want to overclock their processors just just for the hell of just it. Just for the hell of it. Um, yeah. that, I think we should spearhead a, a counter revolution called White MIDI, where you have as minimum map notes as possible or <laughs> well, none. None. Yeah, clear <laughs> MIDI.
0: <laughs> clear. <laughs> uh, what's Quite interesting. That that uh, video is posted by a chap called Jason N. And just to give you sort of an idea of what perhaps drives the uh, the thing, it's there's this great quote it says. So who wants to see a MIDI file with? I think that's five hundred and thirty six. Ch- Trillion notes. Mm. There you go. And I think he said um, that the uh, what's this took some time to make. Most of it was compressing to tracks into the archive, (laughs) so it's just a single note overlapped a bunch of times. that seems to be five five hundred thirty six trillion (laughs) eight hundred seventy billion nine hundred seven million four thousand four. Yeah, yeah. There we go.
4: So we can have a polyphonic analog that plays that then. Yeah, why not? (laughs)
0: <laughs> a great idea, though. Mark. I guess this is the sort of thing that might appeal to you—how uh, to break your sequence and get it to. But do you think there are any limitations to what can play back? Because I mean, I was quite surprised that some of that stuff could even I... play back.
1: Oh, if you think about like old analog synths, I don't think that it would play because I seem to remember my I had a Fender Chroma Polaris, which was a lovely old beast, but it was so slow to respond to MIDI that if you sent it too short a note, it just didn't play anything. And I think that's kind of. Uh, probably common of uh, of lots of analog things. If you sent it that little tiny blip, it probably just wouldn't even recognise <laughs> it. Because the, the the clock speed of the the receiving MIDI thing is going to be a, of a resolution that that blip might fall uh, in the yes, hole. I see what you mean uh, uh, I, as your
0: head of the chat room says so the uh sonic thorn che- sonic's theme tune is going to uh, contain a couple of billion notes now <laughs> uh, that, that that's not a bad black uh, your black midi submissions are completely uh, that'd be quite challenging to create uh, yes, so, but actually no it reminds me that wasn't the, didn't we didn't we see it was a couple of years ago that uh, there was a, a piano that had been um you could feed audio into it and it would play all of the notes to create speech. So the piano would speak, but it would by, do it oh, by yeah, by creating yeah. just the, all the harmonics. So you create these massive additive waveforms effectively. So I'm guessing you could use black MIDI in that way to kind of create these meta...
1: Speaking. That yeah. would be really interesting. That could be quite I mean, interesting. I'm sure, has this concept not come from the idea of the black page, which is the musical... Kind of, as, oh yeah, well, the thing that people are always scared of, and that Frank Zappa was sort of famous for creating a black page that he put in front of musicians, and it was so unbelievably complicated to play that nobody could just sit down and play it. And that's all kind of orchestral the, musicians' the, biggest fear the, that they're going to be presented with a black page and, and not be able the, to and not oh, be able to play. Oh, that's it that's interesting.
3: The origin goes back there, doesn't it? Conlon Nancaro yeah. Do you know him? Have you ever heard of Jesus, him? Jesus, no. It's like uh, he was like the Aphex Twin of his day. He and his um, (laughs) in the 1940s, and he was using player pianos, and he was making these unplayable scores using and using player pianos just to just do the most ridiculous. And it's very similar to Black Midi. Sounds like Black Midi. Some of it. Um, That's interesting. But you know, it's quite an interesting thing that he was sort of um, taking that thing, that fairly sterile thing of the player piano, and just turning it into this. Insane, Ins- I mean, and his music, Conlon Nancarrow's music. is... Oh, I have
0: to check that out. Thank you. I reckon he's the.
3: I reckon he's the founding father of. Black well, that's Nitty. a good.
0: Uh, that's a good call, Dave. Is there a theoretical limit to the speed at which you can retrigger, at, at analog synthesizers? Let alone the actual kind of you know. So, I mean, will you? you know, for instance, your dot com synthesizer uh, sequencer. Can it go? Can it not go? past a certain clock rate or can you just get it up to sort of audio rates and then trigger those notes or is it down no, to the... No,
2: it's got a limit but the limit is... Yeah. Taste. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Like you don't want to go any faster than this. I really enjoyed this, it reminds me of my old house which was uh, in a terrace and it reminded me of listening to the neighbour playing a piano through the wall quite a lot. <laughs> And we'd be watching some kind of incredibly dramatic film, and then all of a sudden it'd be. It's ain't like Keystone Cops on acid. Well, on speed. <laughs> and acid. And acid.
0: <laughs> so I'm just wondering whether there is a lip. Because if you think about the time it takes for the waveform to, to, to the cycle to kind of complete, it would have to be notes above a certain pitch. You couldn't go too low because certain sounds would be. are just not going to.
2: Yeah, I did Wait. do some of this with, with drum programming and MIDI stuff particularly when uh, using kind of GM modules and stuff, but you could, because you could set the note allocation, so, you know, like eight eight voices or eight parts or eight notes, if you really reduce that down and then you did really rapid, I played you a little bit earlier of that kind of... Velocity slides, increases, yeah, yeah. spring so, yeah. hill jack. Buzz rolls, doing doing that sort like of that thing, that. thing. Yeah, 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 and you could kind of emulate it through uh, MIDI that way. Oh. I really enjoyed it, actually, because by putting certain accents in certain places, you can build up some mm. quite interesting rhythmic... Uh, and dynamic passages. Interesting. Uh, Happy Fun Team and
0: various other people in the chat room have been contributing on the Zappa story. Apparently he used to do it for drummers when he was auditioning drummers. So uh, that would be the challenge.
2: <laughs> it was known as fly shite, wasn't it?
0: Fly shite. That sounds like a perfect description. Black MIDI or fly shite. Yeah, excellent.
4: Speaking uh, of playing pianos, I was banned from... My uncle had one and I used to love playing it and I, and I ripped his... Be- beloved William Tell overture <laughs> piano music by pedalling too fast. And I was banned for life from ever <laughs> using it again.
0: Oh what, he had a player piano? Yeah, yeah,
4: nicely. <laughs> <laughs> I basically totally ripped the roll in half.
0: Oh, that's weird. <laughs> Never oh, to play. My God, that's it. So, so what you what I'm you need to get is somebody like some Miguel Enduran or somebody like that working on the p- p- player piano. So a really high performance Tour de France cyclist to kind of get the player, player piano
2: going. <laughs> I suppose Pistorius is looking for a new job.
3: <laughs> that's given me an idea though that these modules, all these like nineties romplers that everyone hates, just that yeah. it sort of gives you a new lease, give them a new lease of life. Really, just just. Making just them. pound the crap out of them until they break. Pound the crap <laughs> out of yeah. them. Yeah, just make them. Just you know, by putting so much stuff into them.
0: Hmm what i really liked about this actually um uh, uh where was the video uh, the what i liked is this uh, is the interface if i play it again I, I want that i don't know i've never seen that what, what bit of software is that that looks great so you can see the it's it's like a kind of lo-fi version of you know we were talking about the new um waveform displays coming down the channel strips in cubase it's like a kind of yeah, midi version yeah. of that i like the look of that oh, that's fantastic
3: um, I think one of the exponents of Black MIDI had created that, and then lots of people now use that. It's become a standard, I think,
4: for Black MIDI. As, yeah. You're not going to be doing Black MIDI on an Ebb Korg one are you? <laughs> <laughs> <No, laughs> or Roland D50.
0: Can you imagine the, trying to do that <laughs> on the internal sequencer of the Korg M1, <laughs> yes, where, yeah. where if you had any pitch bend at all or aftertouch, yeah. you just fill up the entire sequencer and it would stop working?
2: There you go. Right. Uh, <laughs> that's my contribution, David. David's, uh, <laughs> David's go, but
0: to... actually, what, Dave? while like you've got. Christmas. If you unplug one of those cables, because I don't think people can see what was these. Are the, uh, if you pull no, the other uh, other end of the cable. I want those cables. Yeah, are brilliant. they then
2: lighting up? Cables? Ooh. Yeah. Look.
0: So basically, they oh. light oh. up in two poles. Look. So, so like Dave, you can't see that. If you turn do that one, yeah, do that one.
4: Oh, that? I really want those cables. You bot, isn't oh, it? I yeah. Oh, I really so want those. Way. Well, how are they powered?
0: I have no idea. Wireless. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> you
3: know,
0: I think you, they're, pa- be- they're powered via the CV that's going through the... You, uh, have,
4: you have to have buffered, don't you? You have to use buffered.
0: I don't know. I hadn't got that far.
4: I just plugged in. You, if, it's, if the stuff's not buffered, it doesn't uh, carry I, enough.
0: I've ruined this patch now. Oh, you're going to play out with that as well. Uh, here we go. I'll I, I just bring this in. Sorry, this is getting a bit freeform. but Utop B. Uh, yeah. These are the LED patch cables here. And uh, he was listening a couple of uh, a few weeks ago, and and we were talking about them, and he said, "Oh, that's me. I'll send you a few." So me and Dave have got two each.
4: Send me a few, <laughs> please. <laughs> I'd like a few.
0: Well, you'll have to fight over it. Maybe we can have one each with knives. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, have to, we'll have to have a black midi related competition to see who uh, who could do it. I, I, I'm pretty sure with your track record, Robbie, and the player piano, you'll <laughs> win. Given, um, banned for life.
1: When I. When I was doing sort of uh, endorsement, I suppose I was an endorsee for N-Sonic, they gave me a MIDI spider, this black spider that you plugged into MIDI and it had red LED lights that lit up. So if you plug, I, I just, I don't know, I've, got, I've gone off on a tangent, but I'm, think, I'm just visualising this spider with black MIDI feeding into it and its little eyes twinkling.
0: Sounds like some kind of horror film right there. Where's Craven? It sounds like a Wes Craven vision. <laughs> they
2: told you it was that, but it wasn't really. It wasn't, it was something else. We had a lad who worked for us and he had like one of those he was into Feng Shui or whatever it is, isn't it? He had a it was a War Warp power supply and it did nothing. It just had a LED light in it. And you were supposed to take all of your electronic devices and kind of waft it past and it turned <laughs> negative energy into positive energy. You can imagine it how well was- that went down with us. <laughs> what well, that's that? I mean, so so, what would it do?
0: That so negative? So it would actually what reverse the polarity of your electrical oh, signals? Absolutely it, must have been a
1: no it was brilliant. Was it a de- is- deionizer? Could have been. Oh, he got very short shrift. I can it? tell you that. Uh, it,
2: uh, no, it didn't have anything. It was just like a wall. I was, was like, dude, this is like the best scam in the world. It's a wall war with nothing except an LED in it, and it's supposed to change negative fives i had a, de- I had a
1: deionizer kinds. that you plug into the mains and it had four little metal prongs on it and it was supposed to take the positive ions out of the atmosphere and turn them into negative ions uh, but it just and it was a cream colored thing and i'd plug it into the mains in the studio and then it would just go gray and it would be covered with this thick weird gray gloopy stuff and if you put your fingers on the prongs it had like about 15,000 volts coming out. Of it. <laughs> 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 so I'd occasionally <laughs> reach over to grab something from behind the mixing desk and go, Pow! Ow! Ah! Um, So it was, it was a dust uh, collector? It, yeah, basically. I, it, I never felt any better from using it. I always used to feel muggy in Warren's house because we were in the want, dark all the time. It's like being that, in Mark. a New York nightclub, it was permanently. <laughs> So maybe not. It,
0: maybe the polarity was switched wrong on it. So it was actually just making everything worse rather than making, making everything worse, better. Yeah. It was a worser. <laughs> That's it. That sounds like some sort of uh, bizarre FBI kind of first uh, counter surveillance sort of team uh, thing where you put it in a in a room full of people who are doing bad things and they all just kind of get really miserable and have to go home early so they can't finish what they're doing, you know it's a very benign perhaps way of uh, um, <laughs> <laughs> <because> undercover <laughs> warfare
3: <laughs> i've just so, had a stupid idea no, you know those no, no, you, surely get, <laughs> <not>. <laughs> you know those things you can get where you um, you can put your internet through um uh, you, you plug it into the wall and then you can use your your home wiring to, mm. to oh
0: yeah i've got one of those that um yes i know that yeah i know the things
3: could you have could you have something that you could somehow Send clock through them into your into your into your house power and then plug in somewhere else and so so you could so you could interface modules across rooms and
4: across uh <laughs> You don't have very long arms,
3: though gas, wouldn't you? It like, well, sounds very So you could get <laughs> clock from your power so you can plug things in into any PowerPoint in the house and get your clock, your gates or I'm sure, shop.
0: and I, 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 you know, you me, you know me and Raspberry Pis, but I'm pretty sure there could be some way of doing that if you're sending, because you can send Ethernet down it, you just use it, Ethernet yeah. into something yeah. that then that's turns it, takes the clock that's that, you know, like the uh, RT, RTP MIDI, which work, runs over Ethernet, which is what uh, we use here quite a lot, and it's something that's very, you know, the iConnect MIDI 4 uses it, you can plug an Ethernet cable and you've got basically a remote MIDI patch point that you can use, so I, I'm I'm sure that would work sort of, somewhere along the line. I, I, I'm not sure whether the development costs would uh, offset the actual potential <laughs> customer base, <laughs> yeah. but, you know, good idea. <laughs> it
3: would just, it just play havoc with your washing machine's kind of cycle as well, you know, as it starts to kind of synchronise with your modular
2: system. You <laughs> could use it the other way, have your washing machine <laughs> triggering
4: what would you use it for in the bedroom?
2: Uh, oh no, yeah, mm. you could you could have absolutely everything in time.
0: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> perfect sync. <laughs> so, washing machine would be in time with uh, the clock upstairs oh, with my. the low pulsing <laughs> modular beat, and also you could have it. Um, what else Let you know? What else causes? You could and then maybe you could tune the hums of everything to the to to create lovely well, peaceful saying, chord Yeah, yeah, private drums.
4: bedroom stuff. <laughs> yeah, your, the private bedroom things so. <laughs> could be pulsed. Yeah. <laughs>
0: oh, this—it's almost like one of those kind of. Um, Milestone Sonic Talk episodes where uh, where we all get pissed, except we actually haven't done that at all. I don't know what's going on? Very funny. It's always Dave. Whenever Dave comes here, he's always a very bad influence on me. Or it could be just the fact that we've got the exciting new theme tune compo. Did I mention that? Uh, which you can uh, yeah. enter. So I'm very, very pleased with that. In fact, uh, I, I'm almost as pleased with the fact that I've created this fabulous uh, submission system that will interface with Google Docs and stuff. If you've never checked it out, folks, jotform.com allows you to create a form that you can link to all sorts of stuff and it'll just, you know, so you could link it to to email sign-ups or uh, sending emails or sending you files, your Dropbox, all sorts of things. It's really actually quite cool. Uh, But Probably not of many much interest to people who are interested in music technology, possibly, which I I believe this show is about. I, I I, I think so. Anyway, Um, okay. Oh, as we're this was this was a good one. This was um, let's see if I can find it now. Uh, Here we go. This was um, another great um, post on Synthtopia who are um, always posting some interesting stuff. This is a tip. uh, This is basically a guest post um, by Doug. Beanie, I think that's how you pronounce it. Ten ways to improve the performance of Ableton Live, and lots of sort of interesting tips of of loading clips into RAM. And it, it's just an interesting uh, what I a I thought yes, this is actually really useful. But B I sort of also thought you know the the, the notion of actually optimizing your computer to perform better seems kind of almost largely redundant now that we've got these kind of ridiculously powerful machines. I mean, and it seems it seems like almost this kind of that sort of thing is we're almost sort of really quite wasteful of those kind of computing resources because it's just like, oh, it's fine. It's got enough RAM. It's got all of these things. We don't actually need to optimise. I know, Mark, do you find that you kind of optimise things or you just kind of pile them on and, you know, get on with it?
1: You're, you've gone quiet. I don't think I turned it's you off. I ah. Muted myself because I'm brilliant at sound engineering. <laughs> <laughs> so we've heard. Oh <laughs> well, now I've unmuted myself. Uh, I don't know. I read through the article, and all those things seem pretty obvious to me. And I was sort of thought, would I do any of them? I think freeze tracks is something that I might do, or buying more RAM. Buying more RAM is always good. Um, but uh, yeah, when I'm working on stuff, and it run, it, it, it's the, you know the first thing to do is to once I've started playing all my parts in or singing all my parts in, then increase the buffer size because it starts to. Like once you've got a few things running, my computer starts to slow down and I need to increase the latency. And then I start freezing things when I have too many plugins on things. Uh, I'm not sure about... And uh, You know what? There's one piece of information in there which was the idea of putting reverbs on sends and returns. And I almost never do that now because what I find in most of the audio programs I use that is, as soon as I set up uh, returns on things, then latency starts to move away from me and I find uh, if I if I'm playing a guitar through a computer and I've got anything much larger than 64 I can feel it and it all starts to feel really weird Mm -hmm. and I've noticed when I in Logic I think it's Logic 8 or 9 when I put buses on with reverbs on and then send things to those reverbs I suddenly get this huge latency because everything tries to compensate for the fact that there's these big reverbs on things um so i don't put things i don't put things on sends and returns for that reason and i might do it right at the end in a mix but i wouldn't do it to save performance but i do freeze tracks to save performance
0: no, that's interesting because i know you know i I'm working on various sessions you know and, and my kind of background is live engineering to begin with then studio when you'd only have like outboard units so you'd have to bust things and do with return tracks and the notion of what 10 what people tend to do is just chuck everything on the single track so you've got the same reverb on a bunch of drums they'll you know rather than set that all up they'll just chuck the same reverb on all of the tracks and and, and do it that way which is it's counterintuitive yeah. to me, but are actually, you've... that's what people.
1: You know, that's what I don't. That's do what that. you do in a recording studio, but I'm not in a recording studio. I'm using a computer, so yeah, I want I a different. So. I want different reverbs on. Th- I, d- I don't want that latency thing to happen anyway. So No, I mean, suppose not. That starts to happen as soon as you, as soon as you do returns.
0: Dave, do you do do you do it the old school way, or are you just fling everything on the track as you need it?
2: I don't need to. Yeah, that's what I suppose. That's the Conserve. point. Just <laughs> because, mainly because I only use a drum kit. No, um, no, I don't. I didn't look at this topic to be honest. I was more interested in the uh, slightly more entertaining ones.
0: <laughs> well, okay, then uh, back to uh, back to you in uh, studio two. Um, how about you? I mean, Robbie, you say you do things the, the kind of the old school classic way.
4: I, well, I, I do. I do them because I quite often I sell quite complex um, effects chains that I want to automate, and I want you know perhaps groups of synths or stuff to be kind of processed together by these chains. And so I use the sends for that type of thing. But, I, yeah, like you're saying, there's very little point in conserving energy. If you're going to open one EMT plate. you might as well open five or six on individual things. You know, the the problem with doing lots of stuff to the buses, if you want to render your session out as audio files after Uh, the event yes particularly with yeah, logic it's enough stuff it's it, you become totally unstuck because it'll only render out directly from the channel and it totally bypasses the whole bussing system that's so you true don't have to do all these real time renders of just the just the soloing out the the, the returns
0: that's a very putting good them point back in
4: channels and that's a pain in the ass yes
0: i've done quite a lot of that i remember having to do that <laughs> when you're particularly when you're sending mixes for stems or for live work you don't want the reverb from that you've sent right. it to, to something else yeah
4: I don't know why these things like Logic don't get that sorted out. I mean, this should be just literally a. QS8! QS8! Right, right, does. Everyone <laughs> else do it. Quite
1: well sorted.
4: You know, render, to render, everything, render everything out Lo- audio channels, virtual instruments, returns, everything as a, as a whole session, and then to, for it to load up as just audio.
1: Sorry, Mark, what were you saying? <clears throat> I was just saying in Ableton, if you render stuff, because I work on the PC laptop using Ableton first, then I bounce everything out and stick it in Logic and play around with it in there. And when I say I want to create a master of this session, a multi-track master, all of the things that I do have on returns, see, I said I didn't use them, but I must do, (laughs) because I end up with a stereo audio file for every single thing that is a return, which is another reason not to use them, I guess, because otherwise you end up with loads of stereo audio files of returns that, that need to run somewhere, I suppose. But, um, but at least it renders it out. So if I've used a generic reverb across lots of tracks, it will give me a stereo pair of that reverb. Right. doing the thing that it was doing in the track
0: yeah yeah I, well i suppose I, actually thinking about it Robbie, if you do that say for instance you've got you know 20 tracks all going to uh, varying degrees going to the same reverb and it doesn't and you have to solo it out surely what you're actually going to end up with is a massively high track count that's kind of much higher than than were you just to bounce the stems in the first place i suppose
4: yeah but then of course the, the added advantage is that you can you can you still have the things dry within the within the, the stem session There's nothing worse than coming out to a session with all reverbs printed printed on that you can't get off.
0: Yeah, that's true. But
4: there should be better ways of doing automatic outputting of that stuff.
3: Yeah,
0: sounds like a complex set of logic and rules
3: I don't like having too many reverbs, so I want generally one reverb usually and have everything go into that same reverb to give the sense of the same space. And I think once you start messing with lots of different reverbs, and I like to play with the reverb with the, you know i like to have lots of things going into the same reverb and i like to spend quite a bit of time with the parameters of the reverb right and uh,
0: in you know, the space so, right
3: yeah so so therefore you know sends are an extremely important part of my my workflow um and i love to process the the after the reverb as well you Right. Know, with gotcha EQ, filters That's, or whatever it, it, it's
0: the, it's very much a kind of live way of doing things i mean i don't know what happens in terms of live um uh, mixing now but you know it always used to be whenever I I used to work in a nightclub where we had you know basically two reverbs you had your uh, the short one for the drums and the long one for the vocals and then you'd send yeah, them all exactly. the, and then if there was a ballad you'd send you'd be cheeky and you send the snare to the re, the vocal reverb as well <coughs> Ooh, yes yeah. exactly you know and that's the way it always used to used
1: to work you know which is really old school but yeah. that, I suppose that's where it comes from isn't it Mark yeah yeah <laughs> I mean, I used to do exactly the same thing. I had a Rev Seven, an R one thousand, and a delay. <laughs> Woo Yeah, and
0: you get a delay as well. Yeah, there of course.
1: Yeah.
0: and then, but yeah, it's interesting how that uh, how that's all sort of changed so much because the resources are so sort of available. Anyway, no, uh, last last topic I have here, I'm just going to try and find the. Uh, oh no, this was the um, this was the expert sleepers thing, which was the, which another expert sleepers thing was this new. Uh, device that's announced called the usamo which is essentially an audio to sample accurate midi output which generates sample accurate jitter-free midi output from an audio input and i thought that sounds useful and then i was thinking actually what can you use that for what is the sort of thing that you would use it for i guess it was clock it generates clock and song position pointer and um i was wondering you know i mean it it seems like a clever thing but what what would you use something like that for i mean dave you you kind of asked
2: me i didn't Look at this topic in any real detail. You did. You told me. I that... I told you about the Acme one. because so there was the only this one, one that I'd actually done some research. Yeah, no, I was at Daniel Miller's and he showed me that, and I went, "Oh, if you've got it, it must be brilliant." So I want one of those. I guess you know you could what
0: you could send it a click from a from a, a drum machine or a pulse from a drummer, and it could drive your whole rig or something. I don't know Robbie. Oh, Diaz, can you think I, of any uses? I I, for...
4: I I understood that that that's just the repackaging, isn't it, of the expert sleepers technology that you get in the the, the modules and stuff where that's what my thing does is you get sample accurate midi um um, you know sync down down the sp diff it's generated via audio it's the same thing but it's just in a standalone box isn't it oh
0: okay no i don't know
4: that's what i kind of understood it for if you want if you need a really critical you know times critical midi clocking source that's the way to do it
0: Right, okay. And I guess uh, so. It would, gen- but it would be variable if you were sending it um, like a, 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 a tempo that was drifting, you know, from a bass from drummer, a drummer or whatever, from <laughs> a drummer or something. <laughs> I'm hmm. guessing. Human jitter.
1: This is just nonsense, isn't it? I don't know. It's got to be nonsense. How can it be sample accurate? It's impossible. It's not possible.
4: Well, it is, it is, because I've used the expert sleepers unit. And they, when you when you see how MIDI, how could
1: it be sample like accurate? Oh, because it lines but up. MIDI has a okay. So MIDI has a board rate of thirty one thousand two hundred and fifty bits per second, and if I was working at forty four point one, or four forty four thousand one hundred, in my computer, then that's a board rate of seven hundred and five thousand six hundred. So how could that be? How does it maybe it's to do to maybe, maybe it's to do with
0: the start event, so that the start when you when when you line things up, they're absolutely you know bang on the point at which they were generated because they're triggered.
1: If well, all, I mean, all I'm saying is that MIDI isn't as accurate. No, well that's true. Example, so going for, uh, well, no, it doesn't what's, so, so, Robbie, what's what's
0: the what's the net result of what you were saying there? What does
4: it actually well, give you that you you, okay, you need? So for example, mm-hmm. if I, if I went to the if i use the the, the midi in, in on my my for instance my polygamist and use that as a midi to cv right um, converter and i've and i've played parts in and sequenced parts from the computer and then i did this whole experiment where then i print it back in and then i'd run the same pattern through the expert sleepers there's much more consistency with where the notes fall right okay so, you know, there's no there's no there's none of that sort there's of not drift. drift yeah yeah, yeah. yeah different positioning it's much it, it's absolutely they're all on the money all the notes. i suppose the thing suppose-
0: is because midi's serial then you end up with uh queuing and whereas if you've got a much higher clock rate for this yeah. the midi to live in then you don't get the queuing and it all the events hit when they're supposed to so exactly.
4: it works really well for syncing up like the metropolis it works much better but again i did the same experiment you know trying to clock from just a generic midi coming from something else it through midi cv and it works so much better
0: oh that's interesting okay well uh, and this acme 4 um also gives you the ability to drift and swing the clocks as well so that's quite handy because mm. clocks one clock and and uh, is quite difficult to achieve and so you have to do that with electronics um as far as i understand certainly in the analog side so this is obviously what this thing would be used for so you could actually tinker with a, a have a, a, a clock source that was solid and then maybe drive something else off it that you wanted to swing a little bit so the pulses would be uh, have a different feel that would be kind of interesting or swing a sequencer that was just taking a straight clock source you could get it to swing is that uh, is that the right answer you were nodding there dave so i'm yep. guessing i'm on the right track yep. <laughs> excellent <laughs> so it does have use excellent so we've uh, we've put the wheel to right there so it's about time we got on to our last topic which is the uh, let's see what's what's in a name um, and this is—I found this on uh, idmforums.com, dot uh, com, which is, I guess, uh, uh, in, I don't know what's IDM, independent dance music, something independent intelligent dance, music? dance intelligent music. dance music. That's right. That's the sort of stuff you make, isn't it, Robbie? That's
4: well, I was interested by that link because the, the the very band that they name check as the, the example, Seven Lions, we I co wrote and did uh, some production on the first the first big single that my partner sang on it. So, oh, excellent. Yeah i felt an affinity to the topic already.
0: Oh uh, Well, that's good, but I mean, it, it got me thinking about, you know, names for not just bands, but products. Obviously, I mean, to what degree is the name defined by what comes after you've named it, and then it becomes, oh, you know, the name then owns the style, or to what degree does the name influence the perception of it so for instance you know a dx7 or a sh101 or a mini moog do you see what i mean the names have a certain resonance i mean is there do you think i mean do you think there's anything in it or is it just that they they have a life of their own when they i can't... think it's
4: just a challenge finding a name that nobody's used these days isn't it that in yeah. itself is that in itself is like <laughs> one that you, you can't can be sued for yeah. so you just think of the most random collection of things you can put together
0: like rhythm wolf as fish dog says in the uh, chat room Yes, that's a good point. The Akai Rhythm Wolf, the one that uh, so far—I don't know if anyone saw the uh, Akai Rhythm Wolf uh, review on uh, Create Digital Music, where Peter Kern, bless him, is a very you know diplomatic fellow, but he had to say it was really shit, and he couldn't—he couldn't (laughs) get on with it at all. He just said it sounded like pants. But anyway, so all right then, Dave, best and worst
2: synth names. Oh, God, Fizmo's got to be the worst. Oh, you
4: swine. That was mine. Oh, huh? yes. no, that's that's one. Sorry, because we it's talked awful. about awful. that before, yeah. Wasn't that a good synth, though? Wasn't it quite a good synth? I never... for, people, some good people, good people like him.
0: I want to try one. There's something, yeah, that, but the fismo it, it doesn't very, say very much synthesizer. But the other thing that's interesting is, you know, like we were talking also, I mean, uh, the American market generally prefers a descriptive name, whereas the Japanese market prefers numbers. So there's, a, there's this sort of balance, you know, do you have different names for different things in different places or do you have to kind of come up with something that will keep everybody happy? It sounds like a Focus Group nightmare.
4: I, th- I think I think I my might have bigger issues with the font they use to write the name <laughs> more than the <laughs> name itself. Oh, I yes. can't bear horrible fonts. I don't <laughs> know.
0: I, I should introduce you. I don't know. I don't think the YouTube police is in the chat room today, but uh, you should become the font police, Robbie. Sledge. Maybe you and you and uh, the sledge.
2: I just saw that crop up on the chat. Yeah, sledge. That's an interesting idea. That's I'd... got to be like one of the worst names for a synthesizer, especially as it was orange and it looked like didn't look a... like a sledge. Well, a school bus. It was. Yeah, I felt it was yellow, probably more it? suitable Berani to
4: yellow. be oh. sludging in, uh, and slid- playing. like that synth? Then you, N- I, I liked it. I
0: really <laughs> liked the physical attributes of it. I liked the size and the the panel and the spacing. It's just it wasn't the, the actual sound engine didn't really live up to the promise of the uh, of what you had in front of you. And it was it was it was uh, if I remember it was it was quite cheaply made. Mm. Uh, which was disappointing because it wasn't that cheap to buy. But, it, I mean, it was so nearly brilliant, but just not quite. Because I remember, you know, I brought You came yeah, down. Last time yeah, you I came down, it, and yeah. you tried it. And it's yeah. it's really compelling interface. It's just not, not yeah. quite so compelling a sound. I just didn't do it.
2: Okay. Um, uh, well, I saw another one in the chat room there. I thought it was quite good. Uh, has it gone past? Beat Thang. <laughs> what was it? MoFo. That's oh, good. No. <laughs> well, it was Little Fatty, wasn't it? Little, little Fatty. fatty. Yeah. I remember when that happened, loads of Americans people, were really people, moaning about it. They that.
0: didn't really like that, did they? No, right. they didn't like of
2: that much. with drug taking.
0: That's true. Um, Mark, got any favourites or uh, perhaps a synth that should be named something?
1: I Well, I mentioned my favourite earlier on. I, I had a Fender Chroma Polaris and I just like the sound of it. And Well, I like the sound of the synth, but I also like what this kind of Polaris thing impli- the word Polaris implies I like all the ones that are named after planets In- intercontinental like ballistic sim- missiles <laughs> yeah and I like so I, wow <laughs> I like since with numbers as well and there's things like Lyricon there's, um, yes. I don't even know what a Lyricon is but something about Lyricon it just sounds like it's going to do something really amazing Or and ARP is clever because ARP sounds like harp, so it sounds like something we've had before as a musical instrument, and then, I don't know, it just seems clever. Yeah, I know we, we had you. one in development, and it was called the Rear Synth,
2: and it was R-E-A, <laughs> R-E-A, but it stood for, it was actually a, we didn't particularly like a... Female who was working in the office at the time, and it stood for rapidly expanding arse. <laughs> <laughs> ah, and we were we were actually going to release that at one point. In fact, no, what was it? What CPT was, it? was debited, yeah, because the, all the Mtron files are CPT files, and that was they, that was dedicated to the same girl who we decreed was a corporate professional trollop. Oh, I say, That's where oh. that comes. What from. was the other thing though? Uh, the uh, the uh, analog was something strict That what was the arse? Cause I- yeah, we did. We, yeah, that was really funny. We got, yeah, we got Didn't kind of told that? off. Yeah, we did. We had the Analog Replica String Ensemble and uh, Avid were <coughs> distributing it at the time. And there was all sorts of discussion about how their share price would plummet if they released anything under that name. With the ARS acronym. And
0: then, um, But that's right, because you were going to have... Um, go th- they went the patch through- bank's yeah. extension was going to be ARSE, wasn't it? Well, I think
2: it might still be, but we might snuck that one through. But we had to put patches past a committee... So Bojob didn't get through and things like that. <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought was a fantastic name. There was loads. Oh, yeah, I'm going to yeah. get into so much trouble. Ah,
0: well, okay. Well, well, we'll stop there. But uh, what about, uh, Gaz, have you got any favourite synth names? Or
3: I like Streichfett. It's, you know, I think it's brilliant. I think Yes, the, it's old school, isn't it, isn't it? That doesn't translate. I love it. I think that, that, the way it translates badly makes me like it even more. And I... I am. Oh look, actually it... craving
4: it as well. Look
3: at
0: that! I'm I'm, really cool I'm, the the it's day. merging into the background. It's got exactly the same purple on it. it I've that. got them as my background light. Isn't that amazing? What a I like
4: um, my my favorite synth name is the Hartman Neuron. It's mm. very exotic and oh yeah,
1: that's
4: nice. Sciency and yeah, Andromeda is it another nice. It looks nice as
1: well. And,
4: uh, yeah.
0: I don't know if anybody remembers. Was there? A, was it a um, Monty Python. Python sketch where there were certain names that were Woody or Tinny? And uh, the uh, and, yeah. and you know, there are certain words that were okay because they were woody and they had a kind of you know substance to them. And the, and I suppose there's a similar kind of feel to you know if a, a synth name has something which has a, uh, a, a name that conjures up a kind of a, a fatness of sound or whatever. So you wouldn't have a kind of you know I don't know like say a uh, a moog skinny would you because it would just sound really kind of like disappointing.
2: Yeah. Or like the Cassiotone. moog lame.
0: Casio tone. I liked that. I don't know whether there's you... something about tone, definitely.
1: Some of those synths are really good. Absolutely. The ones with uh, with resonant filters on it. <laughs> the Moog Woody, that's a... <laughs> <laughs> Uh the iris well, getting... sounds like a station wagon though, doesn't
0: it? It does, yeah. It does, doesn't it? It the does. <laughs> okay, right then. Uh, I can tell we probably need to, I need to probably uh, stop the show before things get to send into uh, into end Oh look, that's a good one, Akai Timberwolf. <laughs> I like that. That's a good. That, uh, anyway, there, there's so many the the, the Moog semi. <laughs> that is awesome. There we go. I'm just, sorry, I got for it. That that is. Your chat they're all way coming. Of- the, the, the chat room yeah, are yeah, just yeah, you know, we we've unleashed the beast. That's terrible. Well, you'll have to. Uh, well, I, I guess this is a good point for me to uh, to say. Of course, if you wanted to join us every week. Uh, we stream live 4pm the chat room sonicstate.com forward slash live in fact uh, and remember if you want to enter the competition if i press this again it might play um then you will be able to uh, compose the theme tune to go along with this animation which i'm hoping will play if i press the button enough times there it goes so this is our new animation from stephen blacker i want to thank him so much for putting all that work in it's really fancy uh, there it is, so you can basically compose your music to that, all you have to do then is go to sonicstate.com forward slash live where there is an entry form and you can enter away, and as I said, you know, make sure you've got the rights to the music and you're happy for us to use it because we don't want to have to employ lawyers and stuff, we just haven't got the money, frankly And we, but so, you know, if there's any doubt as to whether or not you've got like a a really obvious sample in there i'm afraid we might not take it as an, an entry so just bear that in mind because we would hate to see your work go to waste um but with that we also say thank you very much to to uh, isotope for sponsoring the show and remember you can win as well as you know if you, want, can you imagine you could win the competition both competitions at the same time iris too. if you want to win that you have to tweet this Plus a little bit of extra something else. hashtag Eleven gigabytes of samples. That's an eleven GB of samples at Sonic Nick at Isotope Inc to win a copy of Iris Two uh, from the Isotope Fairy. So I want to say thank you very much to everybody for joining us. They're still at it. The Monty Moo cling on Uranus. They're just they can't stop now. Stop it, you guys! I'll have to shut the chat room down. We'll get busted for some reason. Anyway, um, so. Thank you very much for joining us. I've got a somebody. little funny
1: uh, story to say about Oh, that, go on okay? then.
0: Before we... Before we
1: my sh- child. Yes. My child yesterday in the pantomime at school, uh, the, the fairy came on stage and she said, where do you think I'm from? And one of the children said, have you come from Santa? And she said, no. And my son stuck his hand up and she said, uh, um, he, my son <laughs> stuck his hand up and he said, have you come from Uranus? And had the whole place. Had <laughs> Excellent. Fine. Was that a bit of ad-libbing? <laughs> Yeah, I nice. think it was, yeah. So. Nice work.
0: Got a live wire there. Anyway, well, with uh, no. that, Mark Tinley, we'll say smart. we'll say very goodbye smart. to you first. MarkTinley, MarkTinley.co.uk. Thank you very much for joining us this week. It's been a pleasure to have you. And a pleasure to be here, in fact, yes. Thank you very much. Good stuff. Thank you. And also we'll say goodbye to Gaz Williams and Robbie Bonham together. United by a lower third. Uh, Look at that. It's like
2: Gilbert and George. <laughs> <laughs> Gilbert O'Sullivan.
0: <laughs> oh, did I ever tell you about we, when we were doing remixes? We actually got approached to do a remix from Gilbert O'Sullivan, who lives around here somewhere, apparently. Does he? Yeah, I never got the demo, though. I don't know what it was I like. I thought it was two people. No.
4: <laughs> That's
0: Gilbert and what? Sullivan. Oh, okay. That was a different thing. <laughs> different. They did operettas. Gilbert Sullivan did uh, quite saccharine kind of uh, cheesy mind? pop this songs. brilliant. Anyway, Gaz Williams, thank you very much for joining us. And Robbie Bronham, too. I uh, hope you have continue to have much luck, whatever it is you're doing in the privacy of your own studio there together. But uh, thank you for joining us and finally dave spears uh, oh, but dave mr spears. bar oh, you can take the bar hamburg off yeah. thank you very much for joining oh, us as well Christmas, well yeah, join me it? thanks for coming in oh, yeah, well, No, we you. do a Look, kind yes. of like we'll break the third hey. wall down <laughs> excellent so anyway that's it for this week uh, remember enter the competition sonicstate.com forward slash live go to it and um yes enjoy and we'll see you oh no i'm going to do it again i'm going to play you out this is what you need to do the theme tune to if i play it there it goes Just imagine, like, there's music here which you're going to compose and we'll put down. You just download it and you do it yourself. And there you go. And then we get this final hit point that goes, ta-da! Or whatever it may do. There we go. (laughs)